Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Computer Talk with Tab, hosted by Eric Semmel of Tab Computer Systems. Interact by phone at 522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. You can email them in the studio at gethelpattabinc.com or get help anytime at computertalkwithtab.com. Now, here's Eric. And good morning. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. And I'm Bob Serio. We've got Bob Serio in-house from Perfect Vision and Sound, taking your home audio, home theater. We're talking even uh, automatic setback, thermostat questions, whatever you want, antenna questions. Feel free to get online if you want to automate, you know. Do you guys sell Roombas? No, I haven't done that. Yeah. yeah. My dog tore the top off mine. I can tell you about that. (laughs) Unbelievable. It was a great little robot, but then the dog got a hold of it and just tore the sensor right off the top of it. Um, Feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. If I could just learn how to program my dog, I'm really bad at that. I would be better. Um, Get online and we'll do our best to help you out with those types of issues because we have the expert in-house. So we were talking a little bit about Nest. Yep. And... um, you know, trying to keep your your temperature and your thermostat. I mean, it's like a three hundred dollar thermostat. Two fifty. Okay, three hundred dollar thermostat. <laughs> and uh, all right, we'll charge you three hundred. <laughs> feel better. <laughs> uh, but I mean, it, the idea being that it's supposed to do something like you were saying. People don't program the simple ones. You can get it like right. Home Depot for fifty bucks. Right. Um, and so Nest decided that they could convince people to spend that kind of money on the thermostat. But you still need all the wiring to work between your your uh, furnace. Right. And air conditioning and, up right. to your thermostat. It's not just right. pop it in there. Right. A lot of the times, well, you have to deal with single zone and multi zone thermostats. Right. Okay. And I was just explaining. I was in a house in West Hartford. We were working in. Yeah. And uh, the electrician on the job put the conventional three wires in. Not enough, right? And I said to him, because I, I, I even said it before we even. We were just looking at the job initially. I said, do me a favor. Run a conductor. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, this way we're prepared for everything. Right. They forgot and ran three conductors. Yeah. So I went back there and said, hey, you ran three conductors. So you, all right, we'll change it. Oh, nice. So then you got to do it, you know, do it again. But right. a lot of times with the Nest thermostats and then a lot of these automated thermostats, would they be Honeywell or, or versions of those, mm-hmm. um, you got to have the right wiring, the right furnace, the right controller, and especially if you have more than one zone. If you right. have just one zone, generally it's not that big a deal. Right. Uh, so when you get into multiple zones, you need this common ground. Yeah. Nest try to do a workaround, but I think it sort of works. So you got to be really careful when you buy this stuff. But what, what, what the Nest does... It has a sensor in it. It sees who's home and mm-hmm. people walking around in front of it. They're looking at light levels, right. a lot of different things. And if you spend the first week dialing it up, dialing it down, it sort of learns yeah, what, what you, you like. want. Yeah. So one of the things it does, with, like say with air conditioning in the summertime, mm-hmm. it might just turn the blower first on, not the compressor, and circulate the air in the house and see if that will drop it a couple of degrees. Hmm. Then – if it needs the thermostat to pull it down to that temperature that's desired, yeah. then it will turn on the compressor. Same thing with the heating. Right. So it might just recirculate the air first, you know, through the uh, returns and and feeds, yep. and then decide if it actually needs to turn on the the heat. Yeah. So 
again, you can micromanage your time. I got a little crazy one time with a programmable thing. I was shaving things by 10 minutes here, five minutes there, and I mm-hmm. ended up you know, saving a half a day's worth of heat. You hmm. know, but, Over the yeah. whole year? Yeah. Well, no. I, I don't know. Maybe a month. I don't know. I don't remember. But you know, but those are the things that allows you to do to uh, do that. Then say hypothetically, um, you know, you, you left the, the thermostat uh, manually up at seventy six degrees. You oh ran my out. Seventy six. You know, Where do you live? Yeah, I want that Florida effect. <laughs> okay. yeah. yeah. So you say you left the thermostat. The kids come home. They're cold. You know, like sometimes the kids yeah. are oh, just cold. So they crank it up. Put on a sweater. You know, put it on ninety. Yep. You know? Oh my god. That'll make the air come out hotter. Right. But they sure know. So anyway, you're driving around. You get an alert on your phone. Right. And you can say, "Why is this thermostat at you know ninety? Put it back it to sixty-eight. You, you know? can do it remotely. Right. Then do it remotely, and then you get degree days. You get to see your, you get to see data in terms of how much you're actually using and stuff like that. Well, that's pretty. So handy. It's handy. Yeah. If you have beach homes, you have homes far away. Right, that makes you sense. Know, you can, you know, make sure that you know, you, if you have like a vacation home, you don't really know if your thermostat's working or not, and your pipes freeze. You come to back right. to your summer home, and uh, you know, yeah. it's flooded. Right. So this way, you get an alert. That you know, you could see if it's thirty six degrees in the house or something along those lines. Yeah, our thermostat's in the dining room, which we don't use. Yeah, the dining room ever. So I don't yeah. think our thermostat would see us walking around. It wouldn't even know if we're in yeah. the house. It'd be like nobody's here. No one's in the dining room ever. Okay, put it down to sixty two. They're not home. All right, let's go. Feel free to get online, guys. Bob's here for uh, your home theater questions. Home, uh, if you're looking to purchase a TV during Black Friday, this is the time to do it. Um, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. Let's go to Rich in Naugatuck. He's been online the longest. Morning, Rich. You still there? You still with us? Yes, sir. Yes, about 48 minutes and 33 seconds. Exactly. That's what I got, too. (laughs) What's going on there, sir? Yeah, digital phone. So anyway, I apologize. My question is not as sexy as home automation. That's okay. But um, I have uh, Photoshop Elements 15, and it keeps crashing while I'm working. And uh, regarding my system specs, I exceed almost double in most avenues uh, the minimum requirements for elements. I'm running mm-hmm. Win 7 and 64-bit, and I'm constantly crashing while I'm right in the middle of my, my projects. Oh, boy. I've run out of uh, potential solutions, and uh, it's, uh, I, I re-downloaded it also uh, offline or online, and uh, that provided me no success either. So, are you, are you, yeah, so does your machine crash in any other software besides Elements? Uh, no, it does not. It does not. How much RAM do you have? I, I have 8 gig, and minimum requirements is 4. Yep, yep. And i5 or better processor? I'm using an i7. i7, yeah, so better processor. Um, how large are the files that you're using? Are these big monster raw picture files? Well, it... Great question, as a matter of fact. Uh, last night, and uh, it's uh, getting to be 11, 30, 12, and I'm <laughs> getting frustrated. Mm-hmm. Um, I had been uh, working originally just using simple JPEGs, and then I ended up, uh, it was started to crash, so I thought, well, let me try going through the RAW files. Yeah. And doing it through RAW, uh, it was not crashing for a while, and then it ultimately did. Is this the only thing you do on this machine, Rich, pretty much? or is uh, it? No, no, it is not. Okay. No, it, it is not. Just want to make sure it's not something that you just happen to use this machine for editing all the time and it just overheats or something like that. Um, right, right. What's running in the background? Do you have any antivirus running in the background while you're doing your work? Uh, I do. I have. Well, I I, I make the point to be not online. I try to be not online, 
having no other programs running in terms of, you know, other than background yeah. programs running. And yes, uh, AVGs would be the one running in the background. So is it running 10 or 7 for operating system? I'm using 7. 7, okay. Um, we, we do see noting, uh, a notice here about Elements 15 constantly crashing in Windows 10. Um, is this, right. el- this is Elements 15 as well, correct? It is correct. 15. Yeah. My thought is it's your antivirus. Um, if you've got all, enough spec, which it sounds like you do, more than enough spec, something in the background is right. bothering the program while you're working. Um, I would disable AVG just okay. to see if the problem stops. We have to figure out where this is occurring. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's not a whole lot of, I mean, with the fact that 15 crashes on Windows 10 and there's like a weird workaround that we can put a link up there for you to see if you want to apply it to Windows 7. Um, but okay. I bet you it's some sort of incompatibility with the antivirus um, running in the background. I assume you have enough space on your hard drive, enough headroom on the hard drive to do what you're doing to manipulate the files. As a matter, as a matter of fact, I just put on a and and th- this issue occurred prior to what I'm going to tell you. Mm-hmm. I just uh, upped my hard drive. I doubled it. So I'm at five twelve now, and uh, there's tons of room, and it's now it's still occurring. So is it a five twelve solid? One of the reasons why. I, is it a solid state uh, drive? It's an SSD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it is an SSD. Nice. So you got all the all the b- ability. Yeah, now. yeah, definitely. You've done everything right. Um, the other thing it could be is your video. One of the things, if if I if I could interrupt just one please, second, please. one of the things I found online was actually uh, adjusting and regarding the performance to actually reduce uh, the amount of memory usage uh, regarding the RAM. Mm-hmm. Um, now that was while I was uh, just waiting for you guys to pick up the phone, mm-hmm. and I noticed that. Now I had been increasing it, thinking intuitively that way, and right. on the other hand, now I found something that said reduce it. So, what do you think about that? Again, you can try anything, right? So the the program itself <laughs> has got a problem with its balance, and uh, you could have a bad SIM. Um, maybe you get something going on with your memory stick. You could replace one of the, the memory sticks, but it's not happening in any other program. So. I think it's something interfering. Uh, Trying the reduction makes some sense. Maybe uh-huh. the program can't manage its own to get out of its own way. But I, I would think Elements knows what it's doing. I mean, both of our camera experts talk about Elements all the time as being a good quality product to manipulate f- uh, photos. So I'm thinking it's your AV in the background causing problems or something else in the background. I assume you have no malware running in the background, right? Have you done a, te- a scan? Not. Okay. Um, like try with malware bytes just to see. Yeah, download the free malware bytes just to see if something's running in the background causing interference. Turn off your antivirus while you're working. You're not going to get infected, right? You're not going to have to worry about being infected while you're doing your Photoshop, right? Um, so right. I would right. disable it and uh, try to run with it off and see if that produces more stability. Um, okay. And then Any interference with malware bytes with the AVG. You're just going to scan with malware bytes and turn it off. You're not going to have it actively scan. You're just going to run a quick, what? hey, what am I looking, you know. Okay. It's free. It's a free You won't prevent that from downloading, is I guess my <laughs> Well, someday they might. Maybe. Yeah, they're all fighting for uh, yeah, your okay. dollar. But um, I would just say run something just to see if something in the background is interfering. Because your photo element, what you've okay. got for a machine is plenty for elements. And there's no other reason to make, right. that makes sense to me other than antivirus. So, okay. Unless you get something right. else is in there, the background. Uh, last question related with that is... Uh, any uh, streamline uh, way I can get a hold of, uh, say, Adobe to maybe problem solve this? Because uh, <laughs> anything that uh, regarding support seems to be 
um, like next to like finding the, the lotto ticket. Yeah, no, not that I know of. Um, your best bet would be yeah. to talk to other experts that use the tool outside of Adobe themselves. Um, I mean, you can always go to their forums. Um, forums are a good place for for putting questions like this in there to see if somebody's come across the same problem. But your problem just sounds like it's something else in the background interfering to me. So, you know, you have to find some guy who also has AVG and figure out what your soup is compared to theirs, what your what your makeup of your system is, and say, oh, yeah, I have the exact same makeup as you, Rich, and this is what happened. Um, that's why it can be a little difficult to troubleshoot. But I, I can I would think okay. Elements is not the issue. It's something else in the background. So let us know how that works well, out. We'll give, I'll, 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 I haven't tried the EVG off, but I'll, I'll give that a shot. All right, All right. Thanks very much. You got time. it, sir. All right. All right. So he's got something to try. It can be frustrating. We're going to be here until uh, 11 o'clock. Feel free to get online. 800-966-WTIC-522-WTIC. Bob Serio's in studio. He'll take your home theater questions, tell you which TV to get. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. We're going to be here until 11 o'clock. Feel free to get online. Let's get right to your calls. And uh, we've got Mark in West Hartford. Hey, Mark, what's up? Hey, how you doing? Good, how are you? Good, good. I have a question for Bob about surveillance systems. Yeah. Does, he, does he do that kind of thing? Yep. Yep. Okay. All right. What's uh, your question? What, what's the difference you see NVR versus DVR? And how do you know how to size what you need in terms of uh, capacity. Okay. Well, basically, the DVR is the uh, older technology for analog cameras. Uh, so they're designed around the if – if you had an older camera that was set up with the coax cable, RG59, with a separate 16.2 for the power supply. And they're a lower-resolution camera, so that's what DVRs are. And they're pretty much – nobody's really using them. Uh, then the next step from there is the turbo DVRs, which is sort of like an NVR DVR. Hmm. So you can use the older style coax connections, mm -hmm. and you can also use IP cameras, which run over Cat. We use Cat six, Cat five, Cat six cameras. Uh, then, depending on the megapixel of your cameras, it will determine how much storage you need: two gigs, four gigs, eight gigs. Megapixels so, and how much time you want to save, right? How much video you need to save, right? Exactly. Okay. So a lot of times, what we'll do is. Um, We'll start looking at, see what we can get with two gigs, and depending if it's four cameras with three or four megapixel cameras, you, know, you can get like 10 days out of it, 24-7 recording. Mm -hmm. So, But uh, we use this brand called Hike Vision, um, which has uh, multiple base slots for different uh, drives. So we can go up to like four drives in some of these uh, 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 NVRs, and you can get you know, you know, six, eight, 10, 12 terabytes and if you have eight cameras with 12 terabytes, you can record the full frame rate so it looks like real film as versus, you know, like a bunch of staggered photos in this right, sense. Right, right. And you get a much better quality picture so yes. that you can actually send it to the police and they can say, oh, that guy, I know that guy. Yeah. So then when you actually do a digital zoom on it, you actually get a more of an idea of who the person is or actually yeah. seeing a, a, a person's face or right. a license plate or making out Whatever a Whatever it might be. Yeah. yeah. Now, can you tie in something like a ring doorbell with – an NVR or a DVR? Uh, Ring at this time um, is just offering their own service. So we just had a client down in Westport that uh, we just put in a Ring doorbell for, and he wanted to tie it into his camera system as a recorder. But according to Ring, you have to use their service. I believe they told me it was $30 a year. 
Okay. So if you go with a height vision type system or something like that, what, what's the difference between, say, height vision and SWAN or ICU or some of the others that are out there? Um, you know what? Hey, Mark, before he answers that question, we're coming against a hard break. Can you wait a little further through the uh, news break? Sure. All right. We'll have uh, we'll hold you over through the news, and we'll have Bob answer that question. Feel free to get online, guys. We have two lines open, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. Bob Serio's in the house talking all sorts of home theater, home automation, surveillance. You name it. We're here to talk about it. We'll be right back. back a little more yukon marching man for you we're going to be here till 11 o'clock feel free to get online and bob serio was finishing up with uh, mark from west hartford who had a question more on the types of cameras right mark yes so what was the question again mark can you reiterate uh yeah how do you tell the difference there's a lot of manufacturers out there swan all different types of makes you mentioned hike vision how do you how do you know who's really a good quality camera and is there Really, one or two companies that make these for everybody. I kind of heard that. Mm. Yeah, like a Chinese company, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, most of them are Chinese companies. Is basically uh, the the big two is Hike Vision, which is the largest, and the other one is called Aua. I think it's A H U A, Mm -hmm. and they're like it's like Samsung and LG. They're like the two competitors here. So what happens is there really isn't a QC company or a Night Owl or a lot of these things. They just go to an OEM company and say. Yeah, if I buy a container load of this kind of camera, what kind of price we can get? Right. And then they just basically either send it to like Costco or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. And you, most of the times the, they're either uh, you know a, a lower warranty, like for example, the Hike Vision stuff through, we're a platinum dealer, so we can give you up to four-year replacement repair on, on your cameras mm-hmm. versus 90 days or a year. Right. And you guys uh, are going to secure them properly, right? So you're not going to have them attacked by Internet of Things and be part of a bot network that's going to attack my computers, right, Bob? Oh, we tried that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so. Good. But anyway, uh, so I ended up going with, uh, you know, we played around with Spico and a lot of other different brands and stuff like that. But it seems to me that uh, Hike Vision, it's price, performance, reliability, customer service. Uh, overall, has been very, very, very good. And I literally put in hundreds of these systems over the last couple of years and they all work really well. The software is really good. The way you can go in and internally adjust each camera for brightness, contrast, color, day-night switch over. Then you have other features like line crossing. So if you set up a, like a, a yellow line, if someone like, comes down to your driveway partway, it'll send you an email. Well, it's like geofencing kind in of thing. In a sense, yeah. Yeah, neat. Yeah, so there's a lot of really neat things you can do. Uh, you, they have infrared cameras. They have all kinds of really neat products, PTZs. They have a really nice PTZ. It's about the Pan size. tilt zoom. Pan tilt zoom. That, right. uh, it's about the size of a regular dome camera. Mm-hmm. They go from 2.8 to 12 uh, millimeters. So if you have a slightly longer walkway, driveway, or something along those, those lines, you can set the camera so if someone walks into that field of view of that camera, it'll actually zoom in on them and sort of follow them. Right. So there's analytics that are involved in this stuff. So, Good. Yep. So we'll have you check it. We'll link Hike Vision for you. Um, you can take a look at that. Very good. All right, Mark. Thank you. You're welcome, Thanks. sir. Bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, a lot of folks are getting into cameras these days because of the security issues with everyone breaking into their, their people's cars yeah. and their driveways. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, in our area, once they started announcing break-ins in Simsbury, break-ins in West Hartford, mm-hmm. a lot of people say, by the way, you have somebody you could recommend or do you do that kind of work? And right. So out of a necessity over the years, I mean, we started playing with cameras 20 years ago, little black and white things. Yeah. You know, we did some, did a couple. And then now all of a sudden it's a mainstay for us. We do a fair amount of business with it. The problem, though, is once you videotape the perpetrator, they're kids and they get released literally the next like yeah. the same day. They're, they, you, you caught them, they did it, then they get released. You caught them, they did it, they get released. Right. So it doesn't necessarily do the job you're hoping for. To, you're hoping to catch them and hoping they get held, but they're not. Right. Um, well, at least you have an idea what's going on. It, it, it also takes some of the stress out. So if you, you know, worried about you know a break in, at least you have you're informed, or if you can at least call the police if you're not home. Yeah. Maybe they can run there right away if you're lucky. Right. Uh, that kind of thing. But I, I find it's a, it's also a good deterrent because a lot of times people will see it. You know, it keeps the honest honest in a sense. Yeah. So, so a lot of times you see a camera, it's like, oh, maybe I won't mess around. You yeah. Know? You can put up just any camera, not even connect them. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Bob, you want to mention something too with uh, art, right? Yes. Uh, we got another event. Uh, my wife's a member of the Gallery on the Green. It's a uh, Canton Artist Guild. Uh, they're having an event, and uh, that's uh, on December seven or November seventeenth to uh, December seventeenth. Hmm. They're having their holiday show on sale, nice. and uh, we can put up a link to that. Yeah, and uh, they're pricing a lot of different types of art that's going to be all under two hundred dollars. So it's very affordable. So if you need something in your home or something for a gift for somebody, yeah. Stop by. Have a look. Handmade and local. All right. So uh, let's go right to your calls. We're going to go to Dave in Cromwell next. Hey, Dave, what's up? Hi, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, I've got a rather strange situation. Um, My 92-year-old aunt passed away in February. I'm sorry. Yes, thank you. Thank you very much. It was unexpected. Mm -hmm. Um, I was her power of attorney and her health care agent. All right. And she has a Dell all-in-one computer, and I cannot get into it to get pictures and maybe go into her Facebook and close that account. Mm-hmm. Um, we're try- we have some of the old passwords, um, but we can't get into it, and it sends us to accountlive.com, mm-hmm. and we've done some work with that. Um, yeah. I know I could refresh the computer, but that would wipe out everything. Do you have any advice for me? Yeah. Yeah, you got to go to somebody that can actually, uh, you know, we can't tell you how to do it over the air. But there are utilities that will be able to uh, either um, look at the passwords or to change the password. So They'll have to get a hold of it. They can also You could also pull the drive out and connect it to another machine. Well, the best way I found is uh, if you have the utility, you run it. Basically, most of them are based on some sort of a version of Linux. But the point is, is you go in, you change the password, and then you just log in under the user's account. It doesn't change anything on the computer. You don't have to pull the drive. Yeah, it's just so there's tools run on out a there, CD. Dave. There's a yeah a DVD. Mm-hmm. There's a there's tools out there. So so where, where would I go to obtain this? You'd want to talk to uh, some any local computer folks there in Cromwell that work with the general public. Um, they should be able to. Most of your good techs are going to know how to do this. But, yeah. Okay. Yeah. The idea being that you know you're not locked out of the machine because you can you can look at it, you can touch it. So the assumption is if you're having the if the machine is in front of you, you have access to it, you have rights to get into it. So, and unless it's encrypted, if it's encrypted, all all bets are off. But um, I, I 
I, she was very tech savvy. It's amazing. Uh-oh. I don't think she would have taken it to that level. If she did, it's um, all forget it. If, if if she did, it's gone. There's no way you can get yeah. at it unless you have the okay. recovery key. Yeah, but that, you bring up a good point, provide? though. I'm sorry. No, we don't work with the general public, unfortunately. Um, okay. uh, but there's probably a few folks there in Cromwell that you, you, know, you could do some searches on Google or talk to some of your friends and neighbors to see who they might have used. I'm not a big fan of searching on Google to find your next IT guy. Um, <laughs> but you may even want to check with the guys at Staples uh, if you have one in there. Some of them are fairly skilled, okay. and they might be able to help you. But it's just a tool. Or you can do the my, my approach would be to take the drive out and pop it in and connect it to my machine, which I've got access to, and I should be able to browse that drive too um but that would you know unless you're damaging the machine be careful don't damage the computer Um, all the ones are a bit of a pain because they're they're a tv screen and uh the drives you gotta pull out the back bezel the front bezel i I mean it'd be a big mess so yeah i'd rather just put a dvd in the drive and and uh, crack the password now but you bring up another issue in that you know folks really need to give this information or have the information of passwords put somewhere especially powers of attorney, so that you can now erase her from the World Wide Web. You know, there's all sorts of stuff out there about her, I'm sure, that, you know, you want to take control of the account, you want to close the account, maybe update the account with what happened. There's email. Yeah, all the email stuff. I mean, there's such a digital footprint for her out there that you still have to clean that up. Um, What if it doesn't get cleaned up? Then it doesn't. I mean, it's all a matter of... You're how paranoid you are about somebody co-opting her, her in some way. I don't know which, what a bad guy would do with that information, but I'm, I'm not that creative Possibly to know. Possibly identity theft. Maybe, yeah. But, well, yeah, you know what? That does happen. When my dad passed, somebody tried to open up a, an account on, on his name knowing he passed. Oh, wow. So uh, be careful with that. It could occur. She gave me all the passwords for her accounts and everything else, and some of them we tried here, um, but they didn't work. Um, but this is just an oversight. Yeah. Um, do you have time for one more question? Sure. Okay. Um, my home computer is an HP tower, and we've had it for many years, and maybe about a year ago, it would go to sleep, and you could not wake it up by moving the mouse or anything else. Um, the computer would wake up, the tower would wake up, but the monitor would not come on. Mm-hmm. And the only way to get the monitor to come on was to do a hard turn off, power down with the computer, mm-hmm. and then restart it, which I know is not good for the drive. Well, you're kind of crashing the machine because it's kind of up. It's just not displaying yeah. anything. So you've got a problem with your power saving on your video. There's okay. a, some sort of power saving issue on your video, right, Bob? I mean, it's not well, sending a signal. It could be on the video. It could be on the actual monitor itself. Yeah, a detection so problem. One thing you could try if it does that is... Have you tried turning the uh, monitor off and then turning it back on? Yes, I have tried that, okay. and it does not does not connect the monitor okay. to the tower. How about the uh, auto adjust? I don't know what auto adjust is. There's typically on most monitors they have an auto adjust uh, button that you can push, and what it does is it'll make it cycle through the inputs. So if you have multiple inputs like a VGA, a uh, HDMI, a Display Port, what have you. Uh, DVI, it'll cycle through each one of the connectors that it has and sees which one it gets a signal from. Okay. And that, that it assumes that you're, what you're saying, Bob, is that the signal's coming out of the computer and the monitor still isn't seeing it. You cycle through and right. it sees it. Right. Um, or again, I think something with power saving, it's not turning on the video. Like you've turned off 
Uh, well, some monitors have power savers built in that you yeah. know basically I would just disable. So once you get it up and working, you can hit the menu button on your monitor and and scroll through until you find the if there's a power saving right setting in there and uh, disable that. Could you yeah. try like another TV or a different monitor? Right, too? to see if it's the monitor. Yeah, that's a good advice. No, I could certainly do that, though. I do have extra monitors. We could certainly try that. Yeah, it sounds like the monitor is maybe not smart enough to realize the machine's back on. It's not detecting it. I mean, I'm assuming leaving the tower on and the monitor on all the time is just wasteful for energy purposes, right? Right. So if you're going to turn it off anyways, don't put it in sleep. Just power cycle it off. Well, the other thing you might try, too, is go look into your power options on the computer and make sure that it's not turning it off. What do you mean, turn the monitor off? Yeah, Yeah. you can turn the monitor off as well. And, you know, when you move the mouse, it doesn't do it. Sometimes you move the mouse, it does nothing. But if you hit, like, the space bar on the keyboard, it'll come back. Yeah. So it's okay. the, the two aren't talking properly, obviously. So try a different okay. monitor. See if you get better luck. That might be That'll the be. easiest thing to swap out and see if it works. Thank you very much. It's good advice. All right, Dave. All right, gentlemen. Thanks again. Have a good day. Yeah, good luck. Thank you. Yeah, bye-bye. bye-bye. Um, yeah, those tools that are out there for password recovery, you know, obviously we don't want to bring them out over the air because we just want some 15-year-old kid practicing on your machine. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, we're going to step out for a quick break, get back to more of your calls. Jack, hang on. A couple lines open for you. This is Computer Talk. We'll be right back. Yeah, we are back. This is Computer Talk. We'll get right to your call, Jack. You've been on the line the longest here, and uh, see if we can help you out. What's going on, Jack? Well, uh, I've uh, got a uh, HP printer, and uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, all of a sudden, I couldn't... uh, print off of my uh, computer. Sure. Uh, I've got it uh, connected electronically, not not hardwired. Wirelessly, uh, then. It's a wireless printer? What's the model? It is a wireless printer, right. And it's yeah. a um, HP OfficeJet 4650. Yeah, so you got a... I, I would bet you dollars to donuts that you got a new IP address and your computer doesn't know where the printer is anymore. Right. I'm getting a message that said the Active Directory... Domain services is currently unavailable, and I, I do get a message sometimes that references Spooler also. Are you part of a network domain, or is this in a business, or is this in your home? No, this is my home. Okay, okay. And I'm also uh, I'm able to uh, print from my uh, smartphone. Yeah. Items that I've got in my smartphone. But right. When I try that's to print something in my computer. I just can't get it. That's communicating differently. All right. What I would do is go to your start button. You've got Windows 10, I assume. Uh, I do. Uh, Okay. Go to the start button and then go through your programs and find the HP printer. And there should be a utility in there to find your printer, Uh, discover it, rediscover it on the network, and then reconnect. Okay. Now, if I, I, you know, go to... um, uh, I guess it is utilities. I mean, I can find my printer. I can see it, okay, and it's there, and uh, you know, and I I click on it to use it as the default, right? Um, and I actually have tried to use Setup Wizard to. Um, yeah, yeah, but you're going through the Setup Wizard in uh, devices and printers. 
And that's not going to get you where you need to go. There's uh, HP, when you do the installation of the drivers, it installs a utility that's in your programs. Right. So you got to go up through your programs and scroll down until you get to HP. And uh, then you got to find your, your printer. They'll have a uh, network discovery program, and I forget what the name of it is. but It'll it, rediscover it'll, it. It'll rediscover it, but based on the MAC address on your on your network. Rather than the IP, which is has, which has changed. Right. It'll find out what the IP is that's connected to that MAC address, and, then and it'll change your driver and reconnect. Yeah, it's a big pain in the butt, Jack, these wireless printers. How far away is this wireless printer from your computer, Jack? Oh, it's right next to it. Okay. So you can do what Bob just said, rediscover it, and the next time this happens again, you'll have to do that again. Or go buy a USB cable and plug it into your machine and run it locally off your computer rather than wirelessly. Then it'll never have a problem. Wired always works. It does. <laughs> and if you're the only guy printing to this thing, just go get a USB cable and call it a day. Right. You know, you have better things to do than be calling a 50,000-watt radio station to ask how to find your printer. <laughs> <laughs> I love the irony of that. Trust me, I really do. Hey, but uh, just get a six-foot cable and plug it in. Okay. Let, so... Uh... I'm 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 in device setup and software HP. Is that is that? Yeah, it's I'm... under your programs menu. Under you your, scroll yeah, down and it'd be HP. You yeah. should be able to find the said the model number should be listed there, and then it should say something to the effect of network setup or setup or something like that. It's going to have you rediscover it or just go get a cable. <laughs> I'm fighting that. I know you are. <laughs> Yeesh. Uh, we got to go, Jack. We're coming up against the top of the hour. Okay, thanks, guys. You got it, sir. All right, Bob. Thanks for joining us on this show. Well, thank you very much for having back on, Eric and Bob. I appreciate that. That Our was pleasure. Really good. How do we find you during the week? Okay, during the week, uh, we're located at 192 West Main Street, Avon, Connecticut. Our phone number is 860-677-0075. Or you can email us at service at perfectvisionsound.com. Dot com. We're on Facebook. We're on LinkedIn. You're everywhere. Just Google us. We're there. Right. We'll put a link as well. I want to thank you very much again. Have a great Thanksgiving. Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Thank All you. Right. And you've got Dr. Lessie coming up next with Healthy Rounds, giving you a second opinion on your health advice. Thank you, Matt, for producing, and thank you all for being a part of the show. Go UConn, and again, have a great Thanksgiving. See you next time. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.